all of my designs if you go on the site have a backstory that like mm-hmm. it's not like i'm out here just creating fractals or whatever all of my all of my designs come from a very genuine place come from a place of meditation mm-hmm. and so they are you know yes they are um and i call them contra clothes that brought all of who we are and all of who we survived and have become me reflected back at us um but that's and i think we should we need to we need to see that everywhere we need to have our own damn pillowcases and towels and 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 whatever um everywhere we go we should and, and in my own home everywhere you go you, your eye rests on something that reflects back who we are we're black we are we love women <laughs> we cherish women we're queer everything in this house reflects back to you that message visit mmyes.com to see yourself reflected everywhere you look in your home because you deserve it 4msyes.com others in the birth arena to celebrate the passing of HB315 this bill authorizes midwives to practice community birth in Alabama this is a very 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 big deal and this is not the first time that mama shafia has done this all right. Uh, in Oregon, she worked to get HB 3311 passed to legalize community midwifery care there as well. Oregon was also the first state to approve Medicaid reimbursements for doula care under her direction. Uh, so the Black Midwives Conference at the end of May will be a celebration and a call to action for this to take place all over the country. Thank you so much for being here, Mama Shafia. Um, for that nice uh, reminder of us just being in a call for action at all times, as they say. Absolutely. Stay Got ready, you. right? Stay ready. Yeah, stay ready. We, we have to stay ready because we are okay. literally at war for our lives. Um, yeah. Shafia Monroe is the world-renowned queen mother of a midwife movement, a name bestowed on her for her revolutionary midwifery work in Boston, Massachusetts, her hometown. Throughout her 40 plus year career, she has founded and spearheaded organizations and programs whose missions are to reduce infant mortality and maternal mortality through training, education, and advocacy. She's the founder of the International Center for Traditional Childbearing, ICTC, and the ICTC Full Circle Doula Training to increase the number of black midwives and doulas to empower families and bring black midwives together. So, while we know that Black women and babies are in danger, birthing within the hospital enterprise, I call it an enterprise because it's one of the top revenue-generating industries for this country. Mm-hmm. Okay, surgeries, pharmaceuticals, so on and so forth. Um, those statistics were incentive enough for me to birth at home. And I gave birth at home unassisted for both of my children because in my state, it's illegal for midwives to attend home births. And the work that you're doing has inspired me to get motivated to make those changes here as well. But if a birthing person is decidedly at risk, what is there anything they can do to bring their health back into alignment 
so that they can secure a safer hospital birthing experience in states like mine where midwife attended birth is not yet legal. What state are you in? I'm in North Carolina. Okay, North Carolina. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, <clears throat> they are. Welcome. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, sis, for having me on. Uh, Sarathia Galagichi, Herbal Gather. It was an awesome time mm -hmm. to see you. They're fresh here, beautiful people. So it's good to see you again. So thank you for the invite. I am glad to be here, everyone. And so, yes, <laughs> definitely the body is designed to be healthy. We, it, the body wants to be healthy. So definitely we can keep ourselves out of risk. But at the same time, as you mentioned, it's important to understand that Everybody cannot have a home birth, and that's why we have to insist that we have the right to give birth any place in a safe environment, and that means a hospital, too. We should not be forced to have a home, home birth because the hospital is not safe. We're paying our taxes. We voted our people in. Whatever the case may be, they, they made a declaration to do no harm. They have to be accountable. So they need to get their act together, but at the same time, you know, how we eat, you know, how we exercise, the kind of environment we live in, and that's also an issue that sometimes we can't control. We know statistically all the pollution is always put in black and low-income areas. So more of our kids have asthma. Uh, I text this while Houston. I don't want to say, but a lot of my friends have actually died from cancer in Houston. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's in Houston. So, you know, you have these, these oil fields. We got, we got Flint, Michigan, you know, full of lead. We have all these things going that we know and don't go. So you got to check out your environment. You got to research, like, is there a landfill, you know, uh, 25 feet or 100 feet from your area? What was that site before you moved there? You know, was it a, a swamp? You, you have to take the time to investigate and then decide if you're going to live there. But a lot of times we, we don't have a choice. You know, a lot of mm -hmm. times we're living, where we, we, that's the whole point. We don't have a choice and that's why they do what they do. So then you want to get like an air filter in your home. So at least you can try to keep the air, put plants in your house if you don't live in the country. So at least the oxygen from the plant's going to help. Take extra vitamins, like particular vitamin C and free radicals, vitamin E, your vitamin D, that things that keep uh, your body pushing things out. Drink your dandelion and your chicory root tea that makes the liver process all the toxins. You know, mm -hmm. find a good naturopathic physician. You know, all of us, you know, get our teeth fixed because really cavities and poor uh, oral health contributes to a lot of health disease besides just premature birth. We didn't know that. So, you know, mm -hmm. um, everything in our body has to be okay. It takes time. It does take money to a certain extent, but being a mother of seven and having been on often on my life fixed income, I've mm -hmm. always cooked from scratch. I've always, if I couldn't afford meat, it was just going to be whole wheat. Uh, I could afford a bag of organic beans. I could afford a bag of brown rice. I wasn't buying Burgerville. I wasn't buying Burger King. So my money wasn't going to fast food. We didn't go to the movies. My son, we were going to play games. And that's before phones out, y'all. So y'all see how old I am. We read books together. <laughs> we, we, we took walks. We did, we did other things with our time. So my money could go for good food. But I've always have eaten and raised my children on breast milk and a high-quality diet to the best of my ability. You know, another thing I talk about is putting children in those flame-resistant Pajamas, I'm against that because that has a chemical in it. And so your child sleeping in a flame-resistant pajamas that they sell for safety, your, your, your skin is the organs. Everything from your skin is absorbed into your body. So here's a little infant. All this life is being absorbed with this uh, chemical for to be against being on fire. So just look at what you're going to do, like how you live your life, what kind of chemicals you use, and what your children wear. I'm a, I'm a cotton person. This is cotton. I look for cotton. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm mad you can't find female underwear. You know, all this recycled garbage bags out of China. 
that being against your, your private area, like what's down there, what's near your body, you know, what's your bra made of, you know, mm -hmm. and it is, it is takes um, more time because China and these other countries send all this, this cheap stuff we buy because again, economics, but if you get one opportunity to buy two or three high quality cotton from a Goodwill mm -hmm. yard sale or get offline, then just keep it. Because this thing, you all, I'm being real, this ain't new. But it's cotton. <laughs> and I wash it by hand and I iron it. I love it. I love the colors. And I can breathe. And I'll say another thing, you all. You all are young, but as you get older like me and you be going through change, you want cotton. Because you be getting like hot. And so having mm -hmm. breathable clothes, even when you're pregnant, breathable clothes makes you have less stress because your body's raising temp from scaring your baby or raising temp from going through menopause. Mm -hmm. So having live fabric is important. Right. Yes, thank you. I had a um I was talking to my nieces. We were walking in Walmart and one of them said, um, Risha, baby G, they call my mother Baby G. Baby yeah. G told us you don't shop at Walmart. Why you right. don't buy your clothes from Walmart? I said, because they have a lot of chemicals in them that are harmful for your body. Right. It was like, but you shop at the thrift store. I said, I shop at the thrift store because they have older clothes, which right. are oftentimes 100% fabrics, 100% right. cotton, cotton silk. silk. Right. right. So that's why I, I, don't, I have no problem shopping at the thrift store because I can get vintage right. clothes exactly. before they started adding all the chemicals to it. So, you know, exactly. and they kind of turned their nose up at me. They couldn't understand it. And I'm trying to explain, you know, explain to them, but. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking the onus off of the mother. The pressure is not on us to create safe hospital birth experiences. Right. The onus, the responsibility is on these doctors exactly. who, are getting who learn culturally competent care to understand right. that, you know, there are other positions that women want to give birth in. Right. Uh, everybody is not for vaccines. Everyone is right. not about you know, all the interventions that you want to push on them. Your blood pressure naturally rises when you're giving birth. Your labor, right. during labor and delivery, your blood pressure is going to rise. That doesn't mean I need a C-section. But, but you should rise too high, you all. I mean, there's a limit. Your blood pressure between right. 80 and over 100. And I'm glad you brought that up, sis, because mm -hmm. really the blood pressure is an issue. We have to understand that coming is a genetic. You know, they mm -hmm. say that because of the, the transatlantic enslavement of not mm -hmm. having salt is one thing why we're more prone for it. Some say it's our, I, I don't call it a Southern diet. I call it a, um, our urban diet. You know, we're eating all the fried okra, the fried tomatoes, green fried this. That's not the really traditional diet. The traditional diet was always wet food. It was boiled food. It was mostly still. It wasn't fried. The fried is new. That's not our culture. Okay. So if you're eating Thank a lot you of, for that. Yeah. If you're eating a lot of fried foods, and by the way, I am finishing my book on African-American postpartum foods. Um, mm. deeply into this. So definitely we boiled everything, we stewed it, we, you know, frying was rare. Or we took it and we threw it into the fireplace on the ashes so it baked, but it was not a lot of grease. That, that, that's mm -hmm. not what we did. That, so that's a new phenomenon. It's good, like I like, you know, fried food too, but not like we're doing today, all people eat. So the blood pressure for our African-American women and our men, because men mm. are stroking out too. Um, right. We have to, you have to know what your blood pressure is. It should not be over a hundred. That's high. So you have a top number, bottom number. So a systolic, diastolic. So your bottom number shows how your how much force it takes your blood to go through your body. Our blood mm -hmm. is constantly circulating because it has to give oxygen. That's the role of the blood. The, blood, the, the role of the blood is to grab the oxygen and give it to every single cell in our body so we can stay alive and thrive. And if there's too much pressure to do it because our arteries are hard, 
then something breaks open called a stroke or aneurysm. And, and, in, and in pregnancy, you know, the preeclampsia or stroking out after. So you do want to see if your blood pressure is, and that's going to be normal. If it's normal and it gets high, that's okay, but it's already high, and then it gets mm -hmm. high. doesn't mean to say it's set. It just means that something's going on. So find out what your blood pressure is now. You know, if it is high, see what you can do. You know, it's all, I'm not a, you know, I'm not going to give medical advice, but find a naturopath, find an acupuncturist, find a doctor who listens, change doctors. I want, I want my blood pressure to go down. What can you do to help me as my doctor? That's the question. As my doctor, how can you help my blood pressure get down? In your opinion, what should my blood pressure be? And don't say because I'm black, we run high. They say, well, you know, you're black, it runs high. No, I want the yeah. same blood that your white wife has. What does she have? I want <laughs> you know, really? Don't let mine be because I'm black. That's the assumption. Oh, we just run high. No, we don't run high. There's a problem with that. So uh, I diabetes. You know, we got to get rid of all this, you know, uh, type 2, getting from all the sugar we're eating, lack of exercise. Mm -hmm. So these things, are, these, are, these are killers. You know, it, it right. shortens our life. And we have to find out what, is, and also, too, it's up to us to be healthy. It's no one else's job. This is mm -hmm. my temple. I have to take care of it. You know, the doctor helps me take care of it. But I have to know what's wrong with it. I've got to express myself. I have to know my patient's rights. I have to be mm -hmm. willing to, to, to do the work. To get the solution, if this doctor can't help, well, I have to go find out. Well, yeah, doctor is. You know, I'm in North Carolina. Who do you use? You know, right. Google the, the best black doctor, best white doctor. At the end of the day, okay, we'll call it. If they're doing a good job. I'm going to go see you, um, and make those changes so that you get to your normal weight, your normal blood pressure, your normal sugar level. You mm -hmm. know, feeling exhausted. It's also another good thing that we don't talk about is the iron level. All of our girls are anemic. And all mm -hmm. of our girls on birth control pills for menstrual pain, which is two yeah. things that we should not be on. I thought the more girls were 12, 15, been on the pills since they were like 13 because they had cramps and yeah. too much bleeding. That is a serious problem. You know, there are herbs for that. There's a way that we have a lifestyle for that. A girl should not be on birth control because of a pill, her, her menstrual cramp. We need to get rid of the cramps. And yeah. also, all the girls are anemic. So by the time you get pregnant, you're already anemic, which means if you lose any blood, during your delivery, you're more prone to go into shock and have a hard time. Plus, when you get home or wherever you birth, that your recovery is going to be more difficult and you'll be you're going to feel more tired and also more prone to depression. And no one yeah. tells us that, right? Have you heard that? that no, man. Yes. So, and do we know our, our, our harmonican number? You know, uh, 38 to 30, 35 to 38, we should ask your doctor, you know, what's my iron level? Oh, it's 36. Well, what's the normal? Oh, what's the normal level, though? Oh, the mm -hmm. normal level is 42, but I'm 38. Well, you know, you're, you're okay. You're born up. I don't want to be born I want to be where it's supposed to be. Insist on those mm -hmm. numbers and ask the question, what does that number mean? Is that normal? That was, mm -hmm. what's your number? What's your daughter? I was up in their business. Like, well, what's your number? Because <laughs> right. I, I want to know, are you, are you born alive too? If you're not, I don't want to be. If you are, I still don't want to be. Right. So I, and if you have a daughter who stopped having a period, um, I had a daughter, she had a period of 11, had four girls, three boys. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to say probably none are anemic because when they had their periods, they immediately got greens and pot liquor, and we do eat meat, and they did have uh, liver and certain other African traditional mm -hmm. foods, so they never got mm -hmm. anemic. But if your child's bleeding every month, putting out blood, and all she eats is a burger bill and fries and pizza mm -hmm. and squiggly noodles and a sandwich and, you know, potato right. salad, because I'm vegetarian, what'd you eat? I had some tempeh. I never heard the word green. We should be eating collagen draw every single day, literally mm -hmm. every day. That's our culture. 
Folks ate mm -hmm. greens every single day, and down in the 30s and 40s, black women were never anemic. They did not get osteoporosis. That's fact. They mm -hmm. ate greens every day. They had just all they had. They ate greens all day and beans because we, we didn't have the money to just go eat. Plus, we liked it. We believed it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. So, switching up our diets, making sure our iron is good, mm -hmm. and... um really getting rid of those chemical components that cause more harm down the line right which is far worse you know it's not worth the immediate satisfaction of my cramps are lessened and I'm not bleeding as much because of the birth control right. yeah my mother never we grew up very similar to how you raised your children okay um as far as the food goes we didn't eat a whole lot of fast food junk food my mother never put me on birth control and my cycles were light until I got to college. Okay. When I got to college, I started going crazy with the double cheeseburgers and sodas and whatnot. Right. And my cycles became very heavy, but I never got on Perfect. birth control. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the food, yes. food changed. Right. The food changed. My mm -hmm. food changed. My diet changed. My stress levels changed. I, um, yeah. So my body went through a very big shift after that but um that's good to know that our traditional foods the wet foods not the fried right. foods the boiled right. foods, foods the yams with the greens are always have to have greens every single day twice a day mm -hmm. so yams and sweet potato yams and collard greens yams, yams and turnip greens yams and pumpkin mm -hmm. leaves you know it has to be the leaves right yeah. okay that's where so, all the energy is mm-hmm one of the things I started doing around here was forage and poke leaves, mm -hmm. oh, dandelion yeah, cool. greens. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I have, we have a variety, you know, to give the children and for myself. Okay. So how's your now? Eye? Don't get no, no, I called you out. You don't say anything. <laughs> Put me on the spot. <laughs> no, I, I have to. Um, I have to. I, I'm due for a checkup. I have to go see. Okay. Um, I have a naturopath here in North Carolina that I go see okay. uh, about once a year who uh, checks my everything. So, okay. yep. Real quick, what are your thoughts on the decolonization of midwifery in our birthing spaces? What does the traditional model look like in a fully decolonized birth setting? I'm going to answer that. But I just want to jump back to one part that I left out the importance of black women having physical contact. We need to hug mm -hmm. each other more and hug our children more. We need to be in loving relationships. And statistically, we've worked hard in this country all our life. You know, we work, we were forced to work, you know, and so we have a very work ethic. And a lot of times we're not very affectionate. We're very businesslike yes. and we weren't held a lot. My parents love, like, you know, go, go ahead and just get, they said it, that was their way, but we're mm -hmm. humans. We really need to be hugging each other. When we yeah. touch each other, we, we put good energy and it does bring down the blood pressure and it makes us feel good. And when you feel good, your body acts differently. So definitely we need to be more sickly hugging. That's our culture. It ain't, it ain't them. We will always touchy-feely. I've been to Africa. Mm -hmm. Men hold hands. The kids hold hands. Everyone's touching each other all the time mm -hmm. and hugging. And the African Americans, we're not doing that. We need to also mm -hmm. be in loving relationships with our partner. That person, mm -hmm. male or female, needs to be a loving, kind, support. All that is part of our physical health. It's not just eating right and then going to get yelled at and be talked down to so i just wanted to mm. add that piece right thank you for that 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's very important. I know a I, I notice a difference in my children mm-hmm. on days when I'm paying them extra close attention and I'm very affectionate with them. Right. And days when they are not receiving as much attention as they need and deserve. So right. yeah, thank you for that word. That's so decolonization of midwifery, where are we with that right now? We are making great progress. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's been 40 years, so we've had a long mm-hmm. time of uh, four years for me and all of my colleagues out here on the front line, you know, teaching and being at the table and pushing our agenda, the, the true agenda that we mm-hmm. all own the free and we mm-hmm. have our culture. And so um, we have options now. We can find a lot more midwives than we could 20 years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. So we can see, people know, the, at least they know the conversation. We know the word doula now. Uh, more doctors will understand, like, I'm bringing my doula, I want a midwife, um, you know, breastfeeding, that's also part of it. So it, it's getting there, yeah, we definitely have a long way to go, but I always try to look at the glass half full or half empty, it's half full. We're having black midwife conferences, Jenny Joseph has a school, we got right. black one birthing centers going on, you know, mm-hmm. we got uh, black preceptors, we got the National Black Midwives Alliance of Jamara. You know, she's doing mm-hmm. another documentary. So there is a lot of good things going on. Is it enough? No. You know, we have states where it's illegal. We have states where black midwives can't find a preceptor. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they do get into the field, yes, there's still racism in the middle free school, in the space, because the still middle free is still a white space. And that's why we have this conference. We need to have our own space and get big enough so the space becomes equal. You know, four right. or five black women in all 100, you know, 50 room white midwives, nothing against them. They have the way that they do things, they have the way that we do things, and our way may not, their way not be, may not be our way. And I want to talk about mm-hmm. some encapsulation. Everyone's doing that. Everyone's doing because a white woman created that in the 70s. She was a hippie. There's no scientific evidence of culture on that. She felt because mm-hmm. mammals eat their afterbirth that we should do it. But Africans, as a rule for my research, we don't eat our afterbirth. We're spiritual. We would bury it and bring the child to that area as a healing site. So if my child gets sick, his placenta's in the backyard, I'll say go where your, where your other half is and that you go there to be near it. Now, yes, yeah, it's degraded. He's in his 20s, but that was the, mm-hmm. that was the belief. So it wasn't, you, you didn't right. need it. You know, so it's a personal right. thing, but my point is that we just pick up traditions that aren't our traditions because we don't know ours. That's why. We take this, right. we don't know. So it's important we learn that with the black, the, the Southern African-American traditional military was, and it was very much right. a community event. And so even with that colonization, not just I help you have your baby, am I saying hi to your children when I come in? Am I talking to your partner? Am I respecting your mom? That was a whole circle of midwifery because midwifery is about healing the world. It's not mother baby. That's also very European centric, you know, with women. With Africa, it means with the community. It means spiritual yes. healer. It means giver. So it's a very different meaning for us. And so um, how we practice should be able to reflect that. Right. That's something that... um. Well, in my research, I've, I found that the midwives, the grand midwives of the antebellum uh, pre-emancipation right. period, they didn't just catch babies. They healed right. them throughout their lives into exactly. adulthood. And then they right. caught their babies and then healed those That's babies exactly. into yeah. adulthood. Yeah. They were women of the community. They exactly. healed the whole entire community. So I, I, I know that midwifery work is mother work it's healer work yeah um now the traditional midwifery model of care that you have promoted provides remedy 
for the disparate uh, infant maternal uh, mortality rates. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to pregnant people who are afraid to birth at home? Even though we know, we know that historically, hospital births are a fairly new phenomenon. Exactly. Most women, well, all women prior to the 1950s gave birth at home. That's right. That was an um, option, first of all. And right. we wanted to. We, we didn't trust the hospital. We knew Miss Mamie Lee, you know? Mm -hmm. so, exactly. Yeah. I just put on my Instagram that, um, uh, my Twitter, that we're talking about maternal mortality. And I said, and I said until women give you the fear of being pregnant, mm -hmm. being in labor and birth will continue to be at the mercy of the medical institution. Mm -hmm. So you have to give it the fear and that means you have to trust. I don't know if people's personal belief system, but I'll just say for my belief system, I believe that my body uh, is, is perfect, that the creative mm -hmm. men have children and my having a baby is a legacy. I'm not the first one. There's right. millions of women who have done this. And so I don't, I, didn't, I never feared being pregnant. You know, I liked being pregnant. I didn't fear my labor. Mm -hmm. I didn't fear having a baby. I, all my babies that, home as well. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that everybody can. You can start up at home and um, wind up in the hospital. But the main thing, you have to trust your body. So when the doctor says to you, I'm going to do this to you, you can say, you're not because I know I don't need it. So the doctor told right. me, I need to induce you. My baby came at 42 weeks. We're supposed to have it mm -hmm. according to them at 39 or 40. Mm -hmm. We're going to induce us. Well, you're not going to induce me because for one, you also need to check your, your, um, your cycle. So I know for me, I that's pretty. I know for me, I have my cycle would be every 31 days. It means that it looks like I'm 41 weeks, but I'm not. I was only 40. So know when your period comes, learn your body. You know, know when you ovulate. All that has to do with giving you the power to tell the health about that. You know, I know my body and I don't need to be induced. You know, trust that your baby's going to come out okay. Because if you have all that fear, whatever they say do, you just do. And you want to be being a a puppet and then have something they did they didn't need to do and you have you have problems because you didn't trust your body so right. and i don't know how to get you to do that you know you have to figure that out how do you learn to trust your body and not be so afraid you know we know we've watched tv over the years that woman's always dying we're having maternal mortality all the time tv shows people screaming out of control and he comes just using a doctor saves them never remember mm -hmm. so we have things in our child that we just grew up seeing all this negativity but mm -hmm. it's not the truth right kind of Larisha and you know talk with her or, or take a doula training if you're not going to be a doula you should take the training and what it does it normalizes birth for you it gives you a way to advocate for yourself and for your children not just women I even advocate for my son because it's basic information how to talk to medical providers excuse me did you wash your hands excuse me what is your name and by the way really I say this what school did you go to like where'd you grad and how long have you been a doctor why well, I mean mm -hmm. I let him talk to me do you like kids if you don't why are you touching my baby you know, right so, you have to, you know, be comfortable, and that comes from having the education. And most of them have not learned anything about birth because our parents didn't know. The church and mosque don't talk about it. Where you get it from? We don't. Right. We have to take a training. You know, one day we won't have to, but I would suggest you all take dual training just to get the basic of how the body works. Our mm -hmm. body. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh. That's how I got my start. Uh, with doula trainer was with my own pregnancy right I said I went I re I had to I because I was very I was so scared I was scared of my birthing body I was afraid right. of pregnancy I you know had never you know experienced it before and so I was you, like what, I you to, what, what were you afraid of what were you afraid of uh the first thing that came to mind 
as far as fear goes was the pain okay um the pain of it and so what I did was I researched the hospitals in my area and that's when I learned about black maternal mortality rates and how women healthy women would go into the hospital ready to give birth and then during the process they would just give up the ghost and I'm like I don't I I I definitely don't want that to happen to me there's nothing wrong with my body I'm not sick I right. don't feel like I need to risk. <laughs> I really exactly. felt like I would have been risking my life. I don't need to risk myself going to give birth in the hospital. Let me just see what other options are out there. So I looked into the birthing center and I found out that it's connected. It's connected by a narrow hallway to the hospital. Right. And if you bleed during labor, they're going to wheel you from the there to the hospital. And I'm like, right. bleeding seems like a very normal part of, labor and but delivery not, to not, me. You really shouldn't be bleeding in labor, by the way. Really? So, yeah, really. If water comes okay. out, where's the blood coming from? The baby's in water. So if a mm-hmm. lot of blood's coming out, there's something else going on. That's that's a, a warning for us. Okay, gotcha. you. at home, you're bleeding. We, we are going to the hospital. Okay, so, gotcha. so I want to say okay. that, and that's why it's important that we kind of get our, you know, get the, get the information. A little bit of blood, but when someone's bleeding, it means someone's going to the center or there's a cervical tear right. or something. Yeah, we right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just saying, you don't want to be so close to the hospital. If one little thing happens, they're going to leave you and rush you over to the right and wind up right. having your infection. Exactly. Okay. I just didn't. I didn't want to have, and I, I didn't want to have a C-section. I didn't want anybody cutting me open. Right. I was, I was too worried. So I looked up how, you know, what my options were for birthing at home. Then, since right. the birthing center also scared me, the hospital scared me. The birthing center scared me. Okay, what does home look like? I right. can hire a midwife and have a midwife come attend my birth. Right. It's illegal in my state. So I say, you know what? I'm going to do it by myself then. So I went yeah. to my partner. I was like, babe, what you think if we have the baby here by ourselves? And he was like, I don't know about all that. Let me, let me, let me look it up first. Cause he's okay. a brainiac. He wants to look it up too. So we started right. watching videos together. Okay. And that's when I found out that most women around the world give birth at home exactly today right now they don't go to hospitals because they're not sick they're just pregnant and giving birth right um so i went and watched several videos of women all over the world giving birth to their children and decided that i was going to do it like that yeah it was really exciting um and nerve-wracking too I ain't gonna front I was I was scared then too I can't tell you how many times I was like babe let's call 911 I don't know about this (laughs) and then I you know I had to really (coughs) excuse me dig deep and settle into it and breathe through the contractions and let them come and go understanding that just like painful cycles of life it's gonna pass you by right just give it some time, and the more they come, the faster they come, the closer you are to having the baby. The baby, so, right. That yep, just breathe baby. through it. Mm-hmm. So I just kept breathing through it, and I could feel my pelvis stretching apart, wow. and I could, I felt every moment, every piece of it, the baby descending down the canal. Right. I was afraid to, but I touched to see how much space it had widened up and it was like the size of my head and I was like oh my god I felt like like, um Ripley and aliens when 
the the alien was about to never mind. Right. I'm not gonna go there. But um, yeah, it was it was a very empowering um process. It was scary in the moment, but when it was over, I felt like I had initiated into some secret society that only somebody who pushed a baby out of them could enter. My voice was different in the moment. I, my, my spirit was different. Things were just very different in that moment that I, you know, pushed the baby out. So you um, into motherhood. Yeah, exactly. And this is, is, I was talking to a friend about it and they, everybody who has been through that process has experienced that they understand what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Right, right. So um, my last question, uh, there's a growing Sanjata, Sunny, quiet baby. There's a growing inaccessibility for Black women to become midwives in the current national model of midwifery. How can we mitigate the financial strain that being a student midwife comes with? I know. They're spending so much money. It's such a racket. I think that we have to go um, to our families. You know, I always start with, you know, uh, with self first, you know, I think that to go to our families and let our things that we're trying to do, get their support so they can, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know what our families have, we don't ask. I think our families should be supporting us. Every family should be proud of a midwife in their family, in their tribe. So mm-hmm. my folks in New York, California, but hey, my daughter's become a midwife, everybody got to help send $10 a week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, finding more, creating more scholarships. I created a scholarship, my midwife friend, Pathway. She's my sister friend. I love her dearly. Ayana Ade passed some years ago, and I created the Ayana Ade Black Student Midwife Scholarship. So my my website is shafi10.com, and on there it says midwife. Click on that, and then once a year I give up fifteen hundred dollars to just one one person. One person gets the lottery. Put their name in it. Write about Ayana, and we have someone pull the name out, and whatever name gets it. So it's not based mm-hmm. on anything because what well, y'all are worthy. So I do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the National Black Women's Alliance, they give out, they're giving out 10 scholarships. Uh, Mercy and Action is giving out scholarships. Yeah, I don't have the answer. You know, we have to, you know, we have to keep going to, I mean, this is a cap, like I said about medicine, it's a capitalistic society. Mm-hmm. And people are charging, trying to make money. And we're coming from the fact that we never got our reparation. I, I bring that seriously. The reason why what America does well, because they told those Europeans, come over here. They have all this mm-hmm. land for you. And they gave you, they gave them all these Native Americans land. They had huge acres that they have mm-hmm. and still have. And we didn't get nothing. And so, right. you know, we're doing great, you all, based on leaving mm-hmm. with naked off the off the field with no education. I allowed you to be where we are today. So I want to commend the African Americans for really we're an amazing people. So with that said, we're gonna make it work, you all. You just gotta do what you gotta do. You know, right. save money, ask for people, ask for money, borrow big, you know, look for scholarships. You know, I mean, politically, they have the ominous bill, the ominous, the omnibus bill that's out through Congress, Congresswoman Underwood. This whole thing mm-hmm. of material mortality, increasing more midwives. I think you have to read that bill and see if there's any language. You know, write your mm-hmm. mayor, write your church. I mean, it's really, it's, it's a hustle. I'm sorry. It's a lot of work. It is. Yeah. But then one day it's over. And you'll be a midwife and you can sit back and, you know, reap the benefits. Right. Yeah. So yes. everything costs. Food costs everything costs. Yeah. Right. So you do what you got to do then. That's you right. 
Don't don't be a quitter. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? Yeah. Don't gotcha. be a quitter. We can't. We cannot. We cannot not be midwives. And you know, at the same time, nobody owes us anything. You know, this is what mm -hmm. you want to do. You got to make it happen. You know. And make it happen. And it might take you four years. It might take you eight years. But you will come to the end of the tunnel. I mean, gosh, I went to college for 10 years. It was a four-year program. It took me 10 years. I had three babies. ran two nonprofits. A whole bunch of other stuff teaching. But I never got, I never gave up. Then I got my master's. So I, mm -hmm. I walked uh, across stage with my third baby in my stomach when I graduated. And it's <laughs> a shame. But one thing I'm not is a quitter. That's why I say mm -hmm. I don't ever give up. I just keep doing it so I get what I want. So that's, mm -hmm. that's the key, you all. Hang in there. Got you. Yeah. Okay. There it is, y'all. Shafia Monroe Consultant and the Alabama Birth Equity Committee. May 20th and 21st will be the Alabama Black Midwives Conference in Tuscaloosa. And that will be a good place to network with other Absolutely. midwives, doulas, and practitioners so we can work on possibly even creating a fund within these organizations to help right. people get through that process. Right. The website to get your tickets to the Alabama Black Midwives Conference will be in the link, um, linked in the description box. And um, I'll see y'all there. And I'd like okay. to invite everyone listening to accept your own and be yourself. Right. All our people are our people who choose our people and put our people first. The Nine Minds is an inclusive space for all Afro-Indigenous diaspora people of all identity expressions. And we are the matriarchs of the new revolution. Welcome okay. to the nine minds. And thank you so much, Mama Shafia, for your time, energy, and wisdom. Thank you for having me. You all have, uh, be blessed. You're needed, you're important. You know, just yes. like, love yourself. You're so, you're so deserving. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Amen. well, all I'll right. see you on the other side. Yes, ma'am. You have a beautiful weekend and I'll see you soon. Okay. Take care. Peace. Thank you. Peace. You're welcome. Have you showed them for me? Tell them I said hi. I will. All right. Thank you. <laughs>